Little Extra Lambo podcast. Coming to you from the Palatial Podcast Studios right here, Spokane, Washington. How are you doing today? This is the first episode of Season 4. Season 4. Goodness gracious. Season 4, Episode 134 is today's show. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for allowing me to do what I love to do. Season four, just crazy, just crazy. When we first started, <laughs> when we, and I don't know if many people know this, when, when, when I first started podcasting, it was me and a buddy of mine through COVID just dinking around. My first episode was on my sh- was on my phone in my garage. So you can hear the, the traffic outside. You can hear the neighbor's car or pickup start up and then drive away. You can hear all that in the show. That was a, that was the hot cast one radio podcast. And as what it was supposed to be was me and my buddy sitting there talking about the baseball teams in my league. Uh, the players that were on there. We've got three different divisions. You guys know I go down to Arizona every year to uh, play ball in Scottsdale for the MSBL 40 and over World Series. They've got a bunch of different age groups, but that's the one I, I typically play. And here in Spokane, we've got a MSBL league, and it is the Inland, Inland Northwest Men's Baseball League. So is what my buddy and I were going to do is we were – you know, my, my co-host, uh, Albert Garza, we were going to talk to these other teams. We were going to talk to the star players of these teams and, and just have a podcast about it. Just fill time, right? We were all looking for something to do, different hobbies to do. Then my show, The Little Extra Lambo Podcast, didn't really fit into what, what he and I were doing. So I was kind of doing my own thing, starting my own uh, my own path away from that show. Still doing those shows, but you know, doing my own thing. And eventually, this just kind of overtook that. We, you know, scheduling wasn't able to be consistent on the shows, so we've kind of shelved it. We've talked about coming back and you know maybe re- reviving it. But I don't know if we have the content for it. And that's that's my only hang-up. I want to make sure if we're going to do shows, we're able to do them consistently and put it out every week. Just like this, Extra Lambo Podcast, every Friday morning, you you get a show. Unless something happens, of course, you know, thing, life does happen. But every Friday morning, you, you're, you pretty much know that this show is coming out Friday morning and then... You know, the next Friday and the next Friday. It's about consistency. And as long as we're able to do that, I would definitely consider doing uh, the Hotcast One radio podcast again. But like I said, we started we started recording on my phone. Bought some Amazon gear. Bought, you know, just this low-level stuff. And then kind of worked our way up and into the setup I have now. And I love my setup now. Need to uh, uh, get a better computer get a better computer video and then that way I can get on rumble and, um, and rumble and YouTube for the show, the growth of the show. And I've got some great ideas for what we're going to do when that, when that time comes. So that will be this year that we will be in, in full video for every week. Then I just got to figure out how to get it onto the players. Like when you watch Spotify, the player needs to be able to handle 
the the show. So I've I've got to figure that out. Uh, we did the New Year's Eve special with Freedom Stick, Packing Patriot, Michael Three Rows, as well as myself, and that is on there uh, for Spotify and Rumble. We uh, weren't able to get it. If you turn it sideways, it doesn't expand with the phone. So I don't know if that's something that I did. I don't know if that's just the way that it was recorded. I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't have those answers. So we're gonna figure that out. But hundred hundred I mean, thank you so much. Thank you so much for 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 sticking with me and listening through all the shows. What a what a ride. Hundred and thirty four is today's is today's episode. So thank you again, season four. Uh my guest. You know her from TikTok, you know her from Instagram. It is KSOK.lower48. It is Christian Kristen Sokoloff. She is what well, what a person. What and busy. <laughs> and busy. So I was very grateful to uh, get her to come on with us today. Uh, waiting for her to come up into the box. But she's a moderator, speaker. She has her own podcast. Actually has two podcasts. The dirty side of uh, what is this? Uh, what's in my notes? The Dirty Side of Leadership podcast. And then she has KSOC Uncensored, KSOK. So you can check those out. Uh, her link tree is linktree backslash KSOK. That's the easiest way to find her on everything she does, everything that she's promoting. It'll be on that link tree, just like mine, uh, you know, backslash extra Lambo for mine. It's in all of my bios of my profiles. I was able to actually start a TikTok yesterday. So that was actually Wednesday. I'm sorry. Wednesday started TikTok. And that that name is Foxtrot Prime. Now, little secret. I was going to put Foxtrot N Prime and set it up and <laughs> forgot the N. So it is just Foxtrot Prime. So that'll mean that my next account, once I lose this one, because let's just face it, it will happen at some point, I need to make sure I add the N. So I wanted Foxtrot N Prime. Spaced out putting the N was, I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> this is a, a glitch in my system, I guess. I don't know. But it's Foxtrot Prime uh, on TikTok as well. Instagram is Extra Lambo. Facebook is the Extra Lambo Facebook page. You can find me on all the social medias. My link tree, though, will take you to all of my social medias. And it'll take you to all the players of, of uh, the podcast platform. So that is the easiest way. And it's, it's in all of my bios, like I had said. So waiting for Kristen to come in. Uh, good news. Huge news. We have a official season four sponsor of the show. It is Alien Gear Holsters. I will attach the web link to the, the prologue of the show. And as what it is, I have a promo code that you use when you get on the website. Uh, it is 10% off of all of your orders. You can uh, put it in there. The promo code is LamboJan24. That promo code will change every month. That way it's easier for them to track on a month-to-month basis how many customers you use my promo code. That way we can track all of this. Uh, that website is AlienGearHolsters.com. Once you get in there, put in that promo code when you go to 
when you go to pay Lambo Jan J A N two four twenty four. Use that promo code ten percent off your order. I am so excited to have them. I use their holsters. I've used them for the last year. I was using uh, something else before. It didn't really work that well. This is a, an amazing holster. An amazing holster. It slides right in. Easy slide in, easy out. But there is a little bit of a drag in there to keep it secure. It fits. I, I uh, conceal carry mine. So mine is in the belt loop. And it just sits right there inside my pants, up against my skin, it doesn't rough me up. It doesn't bite. You know, when you go to sit down in your truck, it doesn't bite. It's just, it's a, it's an amazing holster. I have the in the belt, conceal carry is how I have mine. I'm looking at getting some shoulder straps. I'm looking at getting some other stuff, other products there. They also have another product, and I don't have the name written down, but you'll you'll see it on there. So it's basically a, a holster on your side, but then it's got a wrap around the leg with a spot for the tourniquet. It is they are the only one on the market that will have this option for your holsters. So do go check that out. It's a this is a great company. Uh, AlienGearHolsters.com. The promo code lambo jan 24 so please go use that check out the holsters um they have a full website of other merch they have um just a bunch of stuff go go check out that that um that website they have rapid force duty holsters the conceal carry holsters you're gonna love it you're going to love it then once you get your holster ordered from alien gear go to ltdefense.shop go check out that get your other tactical gear get your plate carriers get the 3a plates get your ready wise foods all of that other stuff you we're we're getting to a time where we definitely need to have need to have the tactical gear to protect our families we are getting to that point folks you've seen the news You've seen the media. You've seen everything that's going on. Make sure you are protecting yourself. Make sure you are protecting your family. Can't stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough. So go check out those two. Uh, definitely Alien Gear, though. Use that promo code LamboJan24 and get your 10% off. So very thankful. Um, I see Kristen is in the box. We're going to go ahead and bring her on. We're going to have a great conversation. So here is K Sock Lower Forty Eight. So I have with me today Kristen over in the, the Oregon coast, I guess, is where is where you're at, but you will know her as KSOK Lower Forty Eight on Instagram. What other platforms are you on? Yeah, so I'm also on YouTube and Facebook and a little bit on X. I haven't been as active there. But, uh, yeah, and I'm actually right outside of Portland, Oregon, so just 15 minutes from that Portland airport. So uh, right in the middle of it all, but slightly removed, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, what, you guys got rain going on over there? What's your weather like? You know, right now it's actually crispy and cool, which is my favorite. We have nothing but rain over here. And I'm in, and I'm we traded. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely traded weather. 
I spent a summer over there in college. They have that. There's like a collegiate uh, baseball league. I call it like the Cape Cod League over in in Massachusetts, but it it really wasn't that grand. But I played ball over there for the summer. Uh, Played at Portland State, but we lived at Western Baptist Bible College in Salem. And we had a great summer. It was wet during the day, but then once it came time to actually play ball, the weather was beautiful. We never had any rainouts, nothing, and I loved it over there. Yeah, it is nice, and I love that it stays light until 10 p.m. during the summer. That's pretty unusual, and just it's so great for mental health. <laughs> we're, we're over here in Spokane. It's like 4.15, and it starts, yes. it starts getting dark. It's brutal. It is brutal. Um, Portland, we just had a, you guys had a news article that came across the, the, it went from the summer of love and destruction to, (laughs) you know, defund the police and rioting and buildings burning down. And now you have this push to refund the police. What's going on over there? Right. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And actually, I don't know if you know this or not. My husband is a Portland police officer. Thank you for your service. Yeah. I'll let him know. Like it's been a wild three and a half years for us. But, um, yeah, so right now it's, it's pretty cool because we have people waking up. I don't know how cool it is, though, because we'll, we'll see in, in the midterms, right? But there was recently a survey that went out from the Portland Police Association, and it went to Multnomah County voters, which is the Portland area. And overwhelmingly, they want to fund the police, refund, I guess you could say. And they want more policing, more visibility. You know, where I'm at with that, it's great to see that, but it's like, where were you in 2020, 2021, 22, right, when you were calling for the police to be defunded? Um, And it's, you know, it really had to hit them personally. They had to have their cars, their homes broken into, which is happening constantly here, uh, for them to start waking up and realize that the police actually serve a purpose. 100%. And our sheriff over here, uh, we had Ozzy Knezovich, which he just got, uh, he retired. And then we have um, John Knowles in there as sheriff now. But they they took a stance that said, no, we are not lowering, we're hiring. They were Good. actively putting out, they had a billboard in, in uh, Times Square for Spokane County Sheriff's Office. We are hiring. So they wow. were they were taking the opposite approach, even though Seattle was letting go, you know, the highway mm-hmm. patrol was letting go, all of that. It was, you know, it was it was good to see for us because we knew that we were going to be safe by still having you know law enforcement here. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been interesting because a lot of people don't realize this, but the Portland Police Bureau, the uh, mayor of Portland, is also the police commissioner for Portland. Oh wow! So you can. Yeah, that's very rare, but that's just how it's been since the 1800s. And when you have a liberal spineless mayor, you're going to have a liberal spineless police bureau. And um, not not the members, not the officers, not the sergeants, lieutenants necessarily, but the, the upper uh, brass, right? And so we did not see them take a stance like that. And a lot of it is because they're not, unlike a sheriff, you're not voted in by the people. You're just placed or appointed uh, pretty much by the mayor. So we saw a lot of, a lot of movement as far as the chief is concerned. And, um, and it has not been the best experience for a lot of officers and for the people that live in the city limits. Wouldn't that be a conflict of interest? 
kind of like yeah, you, you can, think, right? you can push your weight around with law enforcement behind you. That just right. that seems odd. Right. It's very odd. And someone needs to challenge it at some point because even though it's the status quo and it has been for you know, a long time, uh, they need to push back on that because it's not right. Oregon um, is a very blue state, uh, but I have friends over in eastern Oregon that they say that they say the that it's more of a red state. Where do you fall yeah. in what Oregon actually might be? Yeah, no, I definitely think we're split down the middle. As far as territory, we're a red state. So if, if someone were to look county by county and at Oregon, Washington, even California, some may be surprised to hear that, there is a lot of red. What's happening is, is we have Portland, Salem, and Eugene that have a lot of people living there, and they're largely going to vote blue. And so the people that are not represented are people that live in moral, more rural settings. But what this is important, because I was just at this uh, Take Back Oregon event, which was out in Baker City, Oregon, and they presented a number that 124,000 rural Oregonians did not vote in this last midterm election. Wow. And so we've got a couple issues here. Even with that number, we think about our gubernatorial run. We only lost by, I believe it was four points. So we could have had, we were very close. Actually, I believe it was more like three. We were very close to having a Republican governor for the state of Oregon, first time in a long time. And she wasn't even that strong of a candidate. So if we would have had those people, those sleepy, disengaged rural voters, if they would have turned out, and these are conservatives, these are registered Republicans, that 124,000, they would have turned out, we would have won, hands down. We needed 60-something thousand. Wow. And, and mm-hmm. that's where people got to understand, your vote does matter. You might think it that does. it's only one vote, but, I mean, you guys were you guys were very close. And very, we are yeah. in that same position this this uh, in 24, you know, Jay Inslee mm-hmm. is stepping down. Well, they've got Bob Ferguson waiting in the wings and Bob Ferguson is right. way worse than Jay Inslee. Right. On his That's and, oh, it's horrible. It's so horrible. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes to these, the Republican side of who is going there, I have only heard of, of one guy, semi bird. I know there's three, two or three yeah, others I'm that are on the him. list. Oh, are you mm-hmm. tell me, yeah, tell me amazing. about semi and tell him I want well, him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll give you his cell. He's, he's a, an incredible man. He started campaigning about a year ago. So yes. that's how I know him. So he's been doing this for a while already before anyone else even put their name in the hat. So the nice thing with him is he served in the military for quite a few years. I don't have the specific number, but he worked his way up through the ranks. So he had a fairly high title when he left. And he also, what I really love about him is the fact that Semi came from he only had his mom raising him and they lived in a very poor area of California, right outside of LA. I believe it was the Compton area. And so he came from very humble beginnings, but his mom always instilled in him and his siblings, you're not a victim. You need to work for what you want. And that's exactly what he did. And so he is a, a black man who came from humble beginnings and he has worked 
so hard and he hates all the BLM movement, all of that, uh, where they're, you know, victim or, or a victim mentality. He can't stand it. He just, he works very hard and he represents the people. He's heavily involved in education in Washington state. So that's really what, where his huge focus has been over the past decade. Uh, but he also is a business owner. So he brings that ability to be a CEO and really run a state like a business, like it should be ran, not a nonprofit. And I, I love all that. And I've been following along with him on Facebook. I can't keep a TikTok account to save my life. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'll look for him when I get on there. But I'm on yeah. when I come back, I'll be on account 60. I've, I've kind of stepped away from TikTok. But, I deleted my app completely, but they kept shutting me down. I had three accounts. Same, same deal. <laughs> I decided just to flush yeah. them down the toilet. Yeah, my 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 time can be used elsewhere uh, when exactly. it comes to that. But I, I have followed along with Semi Bird. I've reached out to him a couple different times, and he's actually been in our area. Um, and every time he's been over here, I think he's been over here twice, maybe three times, but twice for sure. <laughs> I've been out of the state, so just well, horrible bummer. timing. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have you'll have to connect with him. He'd be an amazing guest. Um, as far as uh, I just want to touch base again on that on the on the on the law enforcement aspect of you being in Portland um, or in yeah. Oregon as a, as a whole, is there is it more of a of a of a rally for the people to try to get law enforcement back into power and and to get the the control that they need, or is there resistance still against all of that? Mm, you know, the, really, the resistance would only be at the city council level. So the people want it. I, I haven't seen any protest, any anti-police protests in quite some time. I believe that we are just in a place where it's gone so far off of where it should be. Law, like law and order is just not even existent here, really. And people that live in Portland, they want it back. But what we have is really woke and, um, and the people that are, that are elected, they're elected leaders, right? So these, these people that want law and order reinstored or reinstated, they've elected these lunatics into office and they do not have the people's interest at heart. So we are seeing some pushback on that end, but, um, but we do also at the same time, they're trying to, uh, put money into Portland to generate new businesses to come back, right? Because so many have left. And so it's, they're trying hard, but they're just not understanding that their own movements um, have made these businesses leave. Like there's repercussions to these horrible decisions that you've made for your city. And I have a theory about Portland and it, it being one of it wanting to become a 15 minute city. And I believe mm, I'm sure that they're allowing Portland to just crumble and, and have all these, um, these protesters, we'll call them protesters going around, <laughs> burning down buildings, breaking in, uh, you know, demolishing businesses and them just leaving town. So that way they can get right. the federal money by taking the, you know, the deal of you become a 15 minute city. We'll rebuild your city for you. Right. You right. No, I all? actually, Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. And I have to tell you, someone tipped me off to this the other day. And I, I, I had a feeling this was happening, but this was the evidence I needed. So they said they were on a flight coming in from Arizona, and they were talking to some 20-somethings, you know, some younger guys and gals. 
And they were talking about how they had been paid to go protest in Portland. And this is all during the 2020 riots that we had. So we had a feeling, right? We were taught, we were called conspiracy theorists, but we had a feeling they were on someone's payroll, right? But they were being paid to riot and they didn't even live in our city. So, um, and then the other thing is that there were reports by police officers that there were bricks just conveniently all around the city, just big stacks of bricks ready to go. Yep. We had that too. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So that's like, where are they coming from? Right? Like, so I think we all know they were very organized and it was completely intentional to your point. Yeah. We had vans. There was uh, it got reported that three of the big white, uh, you know, 15 passenger vans were traveling here and then they stopped and then uh, they got noticed later on in, in different locations. The, that plan got foiled. They were going to attack mm-hmm. Spokane, and that plan got foiled. Now, there was some damage downtown. The Nike store got broke into, but the people themselves stopped the majority of the theft that was going to go on downtown Spokane. So the mm, people actually wow. stood up against it. Yeah, it was it was great to see, but yet it was still going to happen. But it, it, at least Bye. it got foiled. There wasn't much damage. Right. Absolutely. And that's what we did not have happening here. Right. We had some peaceful locals that would go out, but then they would just be uh, completely overtaken by the Antifa folks that were out there. So there were some patriots that tried, but um, in a sense, they, they just weren't supported. If you, you go out and you're not supported by law enforcement or by the you know just the law and the leaders, elected officials, um, you're playing a losing game. Correct. So, and and yeah. it's why they want to shut down social media. They don't want us right. talking to each other. They don't want us right. going, hey, they're here. You know, if we all have a plan, if we've been, you know, communicating, they don't want us to go, it's time. Because right. then we can foil at the snap of fingers. We can go downtown Portland, go downtown Spokane, and foil whatever plan that they had going on. Exactly. Because now people are talking. But that's why they want to censor us. Right, right. Oh, and you sounds like you've been censored. I've been censored at being gang. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm like, absolutely. I feel like I'm just have a permanent shadow ban on me everywhere, but I keep speaking out. And my husband asks me once in a while, like, why do you even go on these big tech pages and even give them the time of day? And I'm like, you know, if I can get my message out to one person, then it's worth it. Right. If I can, uh, encourage somebody to stand up and, and do something in their local community, uh, against what what's happening then then it's worth it right so it's they want us to completely just stop and uh, it is discouraging but mm-hmm. uh i just feel like i'm not going to give them what they want no instagram seems to keep my accounts longer uh x or twitter uh i've mm-hmm. been up on that but i don't it twitter i'm old so twitter moves a little too fast for me <laughs> I don't, I can't keep up, but I try. I, I post on there every once in a while, but TikTok. That's why I'm with you. Mine hasn't moved as fast because I'm like, eh, it's, yeah. it's overwhelming. <laughs> uh, TikTok, my accounts last about three hours and then I'm out. Oh, so yeah. I can't reach anybody that way. So I've chose yeah. to step back from, from TikTok. And then uh, yeah. after the beginning of the year, I'll, I'll try to make another run at it and we'll see what happens. But Instagram, yeah, this podcast, using my link tree, it's how I reach it and the, the Facebook page. But I believe on Instagram, I'm very uh, shadow banned. I can't, yeah, I, I've been thinking same. about starting another account for that. 
but mm-hmm. I just, I can't get out there. I don't have the followers and I've had people say that they've looked for me and can't find me and you've got to scroll uh, all the way down and then there yeah. I am. Yeah, that's something they do. Mine was like that for a while until I, I messaged, they're like, it's very hard to get a hold of people at Instagram, but I messaged them and I said, I've had multiple reports where people have to type in my entire handle just for me to populate. And after like the third time I called them out on it, that went away. But yeah, that's one way they do it too. They make it to where people can't find you unless they type your entire handle in. One thing that I found and I, and I love this and I wish I would have been a part of it because now, now I'm going to have to look forward to the next one, but going through your account, I saw that you were a part of the great Northwest awakening. Tell us about what that was. How did it get set up? And and you know, what, what is the, what is that event about? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So that was such an amazing event. We're going to have another one next October, but, um, really where we got started is Pacific or excuse me, the, um, I'm part of, and I sit on the board of the Patriots United Washington. And I got involved with them last year because I was a campaign manager in, for a Washington state Senator and they put on a lot of local events. But how they really got started, it was just some pissed off, pardon my French, but pissed off patriots. Okay, cool. You never know, right? I'm like, sorry. (laughs) Uh, But they were pissed off and they were like, you know what? If not you, then who? And so they came together and started putting on local events. Now, the focus has always been election integrity, school boards, and medical freedom. That's really our three main pillars that that we focus on. But as far as this event is concerned, we would draw with our normal events where we just maybe we house a debate or uh, we would have some local speakers come. Those were pulling in like six and seven hundred people. And so we thought, gosh, why don't we do something bigger and bring speakers from all over the U.S. and, and have them come in and give people a taste of what these other states. Right. We always see this, these freedom rallies happening in Arizona, Florida, Texas, right? They, they just don't happen here. And so we wanted to give Pacific Northwesterners a taste of that. And we brought in, gosh, we had Captain Seth Keschel, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Douglas Frank, who does those two are election integrity specialists. Brian Artis is just amazing with all this COVID stuff. And Lindsey Graham, Patriot Barbie, Jim Price. I mean, we had so many people that came in and it was an all day event. Now it was very successful, but we want we, we may you know we learned a lot from it because you can market in all different ways and it's it's very difficult to wake people up. Um, I don't know if you feel this up there. There's disengage. People are disengaged. You know they they 100%. like to complain about what's happening, but it's like hey, we have this event. Come and support. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can make it right. So we did have a great turnout around a thousand people, but at that, it's like, gosh, there's so many people that, that have been complaining to me and I didn't see any of their faces there. So it's, we had a lot of learning, right? A lot of learnings went along with throwing the event, but all in all, it made a big impact. I talk to a lot of people that they'll complain or they'll be like, we need to do something about this. And then 
you might have an answer to a solution or you might have a little more more clarity of what they're complaining about and they go well what's going to happen anyway what you know how how are we going to be able to change that how, well you've got to use your voice number 1 you've got to get out there yeah. you've got to be loud exactly exactly that's you know it's so cool i don't know if you've heard of dr douglas frank but he works with mike lindell and he was one of our sponsors for the event but he does this thing where he has a rod and then he has this powder and it gets really loud and he talks about how it's, it's like a rosin powder and he talks about this is getting annoying isn't it and he basically says you need to be so loud that you're annoying that's when people will listen to you right so it's, it's yeah so you have to you have to get out and get in people's faces not <laughs> Not in like, I want to fight you away, but you yeah. have to make yourself visible and heard. Yeah, correct. And I think getting as much promotion for an event like this, getting as much promotion, uh, uh, exposure, it can only grow because you have people who want right. to be engaged that might not know anything about it. But when you are as heavily right. censored as myself, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. lots of other people that I know, uh, when you're yeah. that censored, it is tough to get a message out. I have a friend right. who owns, uh, um, it's LT Defense. Uh, they're out of Texas and Arizona. They put thousands of dollars towards an ad campaign on Facebook, uh, billboards across you know the state or wherever, and it all got pulled down because they don't uh, want that message being out there. So mm-hmm. that's another battle you have. You might even be able to pay for advertisement. Doesn't mean it's going to reach anybody. Exactly. Yeah, I know you probably get this too all the time where something you post, it goes against our terms and conditions for Facebook or Meta or whatever. And it's like, but they're never specific on what you violated. It's just this large stroke, right? Oh, you violated terms and conditions, but I have no idea what I've done. So that's, that's what they do with the ads as well. It's, it's insane. I've even had just blank comments. You have violated, and then there's just nothing there. It just pulled oh, the video so down for, for nothing, and it didn't even give yeah. me an explanation. And that's I can't appeal odd. it, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you guys are just making shit up now. Yeah, they should they should just, this, what we're talking about, this censorship, that should light everybody on fire, because that is a clear violation of our First Amendment rights, and it's very concerning, so... You know, I know it's only impacting you or me, but it actually impacts everybody. And it's it's something where I know it sounds like a lot of us talk about it, a lot of us influencers or podcasters, and people should listen because what they're doing to us is just a, it's just the beginning. Yeah, it really is. Well, what did they do to Trump in Colorado yesterday or today? Was that today? Oh my goodness! No, it was yesterday. Yesterday, the Supreme Court pulled him off of the off of the ballot in Colorado which Colorado yeah. we don't really need Colorado but it's the fact that he right. hasn't been charged with what they're taking him off the ballot for the 14th right. amendment does not apply to Donald Trump yet cuz he has not been charged right exactly that's what i was going to say it's a clear violation of the 14th amendment like they they cannot do what they just did yet they did but i i'm hopeful that SCOTUS will squash it what are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know because it if that's what the state ruled with their Supreme Court, I don't know what the next step is past that, I guess. I don't know if that it, then it becomes a yeah. federal matter. That um, yeah, I don't it, know. Yeah, it will go to SCOTUS. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. I just want, I, you know, I just don't trust them. So I trust a few of them, but 
not enough. Is that something where they might want to squash? We we have to fight that fight, even though we don't need Colorado. And I keep saying we like yeah. I'm on the campaign trail. <laughs> yeah, no, we we definitely need to. We need to because it's just going to set the precedence for everyone else to follow. I know there's already rumblings that some other states are looking to do that as well. And even though we don't need Colorado to win, when everyone starts following suit, it's it's not going to be a good thing Correct. at all. Correct. And I and I could see that as well because Washington could jump on, Oregon jump on, California, you know. And now we already know that those are already blue states, even though I think the population is more red, like we were talking about at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got another thing to follow up with that, but it could then go on. What if there's what if that happens in Arizona? Because they have a right. Democrat Supreme Court as well. So right. I guess I exactly. guess yeah, let's squish it now. Add it add another court trial to Donald Trump's schedule. <laughs> yeah. But I know. Yeah, absolutely. I did appreciate that Vivek uh that he basically said he doesn't want his name on the ballot if if Donald Trump's name's not on there. So I appreciated him standing up like that i i still don't know the jury is out for me on him but i did appreciate the notion right i've heard he's a plant you know all of that but i i appreciated that the the stuff he says though is kind of good i know it is good and i like the energy behind it so we'll see i don't know i didn't like you know we all know about how i don't know if he had the same speech writer as the obama speech or (laughs) Or what, but how one of his speeches was verbatim, an Obama speech, part of it. And it's a little concerning when either he wasn't aware of that or whoever he hired to write his speech uh, snuck it in there. So you have to, you have to wonder. Interesting. I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, probably a month ago, but it was a big deal where, huh, that's literally exactly what Obama said in one of his speeches. I kind of thought when when Trump and DeSantis were kind of going back and forth because we know that they met prior to you know their little beef that they were you know going into. I really thought that they both were like, "We're going to work together. We're going to draw out the rhinos from the Republican side, have them expose themselves. I'll go this path. You stay on your path." As and you know, Donald goes down his, and let's see who jumps on that Ron DeSantis train. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, the, maybe that plan is still there. Could be me just wishful thinking. Cause I really like Ron DeSantis, you know, his military background and what, you know, kind of what he was saying and going for, but then it's, mm-hmm. you can kind of see where he is straying a little bit. And I don't know. I, I don't know what to think with that whole situation. Yeah. I think that it just, he's been a great governor and I just don't think it was the right move to, to go for this with, Trump on the ticket. Well, in, in 49 states right now, but I I just don't think it was, it was the right move on DeSantis's part. And then also how he really discredited Trump versus giving him credit for backing him. So he, he made some moves that were concerning and just, he has this almost a globalist approach in a lot of ways. And so I think that's what's drawn the most concerns from folks. He has, and, and yeah, you're right. He does have that, but he also has that very local state feel, which makes him a great right. governor. So how does that right. how does that that state empowerment translate to the federal side? Does does exactly. it move over without going 
global. And that's something we've got to worry about now because they can look what's going on in, in Canada with Trudeau. He's very, he was very, when he ran, he was very pro Canada. We're doing things for Canada. We're going to make the people of Canada stronger. But then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, everybody else from the WEF started having their little tentacles going on in the government. Right. And that's what Klaus, right. Schwab, Klaus Schwab said was you've got yeah. to infiltrate the cabinets. Right, Canada, right. Absolutely. Canada's number one at that right now. Yeah, no, they are. And you know what? This is slightly off topic, but I thought it was really interesting. Not everybody knows that Hitler was elected, I believe, was it like 98% of Germany elected him and couldn't wait for him to get in office and do these, quote unquote, amazing things that he had promised, right? And so it just really, it really shows you how if you can just talk the talk and bring that energy and and then you you can just start infiltrating like you're saying it took decades for him to get to the point of the really the holocaust right like mm-hmm. that took decades it wasn't overnight and so what we're seeing are all these steps it's history repeating itself and everyone should be really concerned and so you know i i don't know it's it's difficult for me to uh, see a DeSantis or see a Vivek and think, man, do they do, they are, they have a lot of attractive characteristics, right? Character traits. But what concerns me is I'm not saying, are they Hitler? <laughs> but I'm saying, is it enough? Is it enough just to have that um, where it's attractive on the outside, but do they have the substance and the ability to stand strong when you have the whole world against you like Trump has? Correct. So it's, that's what I want to see is, is that backbone throughout, not just a fancy speechwriter. I also don't like, and I, and I keep trying to talk to, you know, my democratic friends about where is your guys's primary at? Where are your mm-hmm. debates at? Why is your mm-hmm. party not allowing other voices to stand out against right. Joe Biden? Why, why are the people allowing that? What do you get back from them? I'm curious. I don't talk to very many Democrats, so I, they I don't, don't know. know. They, they don't have they don't answers know. anyway. No. They they only know what you yeah. know what the media is telling them to say. Number one, but I, I would think you know, well, we've had some celebrities come out. We know uh, not Matthew McConaughey, um, uh, James Vanderbeek, James Vanderbeek. I I call him Johnny Moxon oh. because Varsity Blues is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but, he's from Dawson's Creek, right? Yes. That too? Yeah, yeah. Dawson, and okay. I've, I've never seen a show of that, so he's he's Johnny yeah. Moxon to me. But <laughs> this segment of the show is brought to you by Alien Gear Holsters. Get onto aliengearholsters.com. Use the promo code LamboJan24 for the month of January. You will get 10% off of your order. We had just signed it. We just talked about it in the prologue of the show. Alien Gear Holsters is going to be the official sponsor for segments of the A Little Extra Lambo podcast. So excited to have them. If you conceal carry, you constitutional carry, you're a you're an officer, you need a duty holster, they have that as well. Plus, if you want to mix and match some parts, they do have holster parts, so accessories that you're able to use. They also have a one-of-a-kind. It is the tack strap with integrated tourniquet. You cannot find this anywhere else except for Alien Gear Holsters. So go go online, check that out. Use that promo code LamboJan24. And remember to tell them, 
a little extra Lambo sent you. We're starting off this 2024 with a bang, and you got to have your EatWorks power bars because I know everybody's got those New Year's resolutions. You're going to go get in the gym. You're going to start riding your bike more. You're going to start hitting the trails more. You're going to be out there doing more this year. That was your goal. You're going to get out there. Make sure you get online. Get these EatWorks Power Bars. They are phenomenal. You are not going to be disappointed when you taste the bacon cheeseburger or the pepperoni jalapeno pizza. They are phenomenal. I can't, I, I've had them for several months. I've talked about them. I use them myself. They're in my go bag. They're in my truck. I go out fishing. I have one with. We went out hunting. I had one with. They're phenomenal, guys. Get on there. They do have a sample pack. You can order one of each and get that shipped to you, but you're not going to need it. Just order the box. Pepperoni pizza, bacon cheeseburger, and they are phenomenal. I can't say it enough. If you want to know where how this company started, get on to Our Works Story, WRX. It's in where the three lines are at. You can pull it down. It's military veteran ran and operated they do it all themselves guys so if you want to help out at veteran families doing what they do to give back to their their brothers and sisters in in the military this is where you start eatworks wrx.com and remember when you do your order tell them a little extra lambo sent you but uh he, you know he came out saying what what is this about you know why are we not having a debate well, this is you know america should be free to talk and free to debate yeah. and get ideas out there and you're not yeah. letting us do that and they're losing a lot of people on that side of the aisle who are now thinking about voting for donald trump it's fucking right. crazy yeah that is but I, you know even with that i just get really worried about voter fraud again Yes. And and I just don't know if we've done enough to be able to actually have a fair election again. What is your how does your state vote? So it's all mail in 100%. Okay. Same yep. as you. Yep. Yep. And that and that needs to change yeah. because I really believe Jay Inslee did not win the vote of in 2020. I think he lost, Bye. but because of how the the voter fraud was, um I, I you know, think it was skewed. Right, right. No, I would agree with you. And it, it's happening at every level. Even, I mentioned earlier that I was a campaign manager last, um, the midterms in 2022. And it was pretty wild because my campaign, we basically, so my candidate, he was a senator for state, Washington state senator for 24 years, Don Benton. And he went off and worked for Trump for four years. And when Trump uh, didn't, wasn't reelected, I'm not saying that, but uh, when Trump didn't have his second term, uh, Don came home and was planning on retiring. And everyone's like, please, we need you run for something. So he ran for the local position at county counselor. And it was a very conservative, heavily uh, registered Republican district that he was running in. So really, it should have been a slam dunk. But what we witnessed, was one, the disengagement was huge. And I talked about that earlier at the, at the Oregon gubernatorial level. So disengagement is always a concern. But it was interesting, the amount of ballots that were rejected by the, the voting office and so, or the election office. So it was, it was really interesting. And what we noticed, and this has been apparently a trend, but a lot of the Slavic voters 
had their ballots rejected, saying that their signatures didn't match. Mm. And you know what I find really interesting? You know, how many times do you and I use a credit card and we're signing at the, you know, the digital terminal? Do you think, yes, yes, our signatures are on file with the bank. I was in banking for 20 plus years. And so, yes, your signature is on file at the bank. But do you think in that moment that whatever, say you're at Fred Meyer grocery store, that they're verifying that your signature is accurate? No, no way in hell. There's just no way you can do that. So tell me how we have thousands and thousands and thousands of mainly Slavic voters having their ballots rejected due to their signature when all you have to go off of is the signature on their driver's license whenever they first got it and signed for it. Mm -hmm. How does that even work? So that was a huge issue for the Joe Kent race and for Don Benton's race. We were out chasing ballots. We were out knocking on doors, asking them to resubmit their ballot with an updated signature. And um, wasn't enough. So there were definitely some issues. It just really makes me wonder how, why, why all these, why, why the Slavic voters who are primarily conservative, they come from communism. They see it. They smell it. They're voting Republican. Why were their ballots all rejected? I know here in Washington State, we and I don't know what the official number was. It might have only been a thousand, maybe total. But again, it's a thousand people who didn't have signatures on their on their ballot, mm. like you were just saying. I and and we can't prove that because there have been two for sure, maybe three different lawsuits against Jay Inslee to provide that information of what ballots didn't have signatures, to have a recount, to have an yeah. audited with the, and I believe it was with the National Guard actually, to go in and recount those votes. But he fought against it, had all sorts of millions of dollars to fight against these cases because mm, yeah. just asking for a recount of the votes with with people watching over them. Right. Do you know how expensive that is? It, it's insane that, um, you know, this happened here. So the, the race that I was a campaign manager for, we, it was so close. We lost by 1200 votes and it was so close that we were like, we want to recount. We want to see it. So a recount pretty intense. We only, we could only afford to recount a small percentage. I believe it was 5,000 ballots. And it is very labor intensive because they're literally counting and looking at the ballots and it's a whole, it's a whole rigmarole. But I was there for five days of a recount and, and that was like, oh gosh, something of $30,000 for 5,000 ballots. So it's like, they really jack up the prices and make it nearly impossible for someone to get a full recount. And it, you just, it makes you wonder why. If there is, is fraud and, and I don't know if they were ever able to prove in Washington state or, or in Oregon that there was actual fraud, but just go over the list of people of our governors who have just been Democrat for years, decades right, in a row. Right. At some point you'd think, well, this, this really isn't working out. We need to get a Republican in. And and for us, right. it was Lauren Culp in 2020. There are people, yeah. there are experts saying he won that race. So mm. why are we not having, you know, and you just brought it up. It was the cost, but why are we not having an audit of the ballots? And we have all of these right. other States Arizona being the, the, the biggest one, and they go, nah, not enough proof. But you've got right, Georgia, right. Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. There's other mm -hmm. states where there have been voter fraud. It has, been, it has right. been documented. It's been proven in court, but nothing is coming from it. It just yeah, it blows yeah. my mind. 
I know. It's maddening. Absolutely maddening. I know. I'll tell you something that we have been doing at Patriots United Washington. And again, this is Southwest Washington. I grew up in Southwest Washington, so I work a lot. It's just over the river from me. I work a lot with them. But um, we've been really working on cleaning up voter rolls. And basically, we want to eliminate those phantom voters. There are so many, you know, some homes that we've we've come across in doing this. They have 16 people registered to vote at their house, and only four people live there, right? So there's all, yeah, and it's all over, all over the Northwest. So, and I'm sure the whole nation, right? But we're just focusing on this area. But want to clean up those those voter rolls, and there's ways to do it and get involved locally. And then, you know, something else people can do is we're really pushing become a certified election observer. Right. Like that's a huge piece of it. And that's that having that, you know, thumb on top of of whoever is um, counting the ballots, bringing them in, making sure that there's that oversight. Um, and then I don't know, you guys probably are familiar or you're probably familiar, familiar with the term PCOs. Um, no, or I don't know PCC what that is. In Oregon. So you're basically the function really is is that you whatever district you live in and they break it down into just like say you live in a neighborhood, they break it down into like just like two or three blocks. But you are basically a representative for the Republican Party and and you know which of your neighbors are registered Republicans and then you ensure that they are voting and aware of the candidates and so you're checking in, door knocking and giving them flyers for the Republican candidates that are in the races coming up. And so it's it's a and you can also, you know, uh Ballot harvesting, we haven't wanted to touch that as a party, but we have to. We have to play the game, and it's legal. You can ballot harvest. There's legal ballot harvesting, and so that's something we're going to be doing here as well. And really, that PCO in Washington, also known as a PCP um, in Oregon, that's what that function is, is to get organized and, and ensure that we are collecting ballots. Say it's someone that it just it's just hard for them to get out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the reason would be not to vote because that's just the laziness drives me nuts. But we make it pretty damn easy. Yeah. But some people still, they're lazy. They don't turn them in. And so your whole thing is make sure they vote and collect them. And um, just little ways to take control. I would like to know what the number of ballots that were turned in through mail compared to when Washington State was in-person voting. Um, that ease yeah. of having more people, it's sold to you that more people are, will be able to vote when, if you can just drop it in your mailbox or, or put it in a drop box. But what is, yeah. is it, are we getting more, more, uh, ballots turned in through the mail or, or the, or the box? Or was it called, was it the same amount of number who, if you voted in person, I'd like yeah, to know what that difference is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's something I want to know as well. That's really interesting because that would tell a lot right there. That, that, yeah, that's a ton. And, you know, I have to tell you, throughout the audit process, I was grilling the county auditor. And I was asking him, like, for instance, in Washington, I don't know if it's like this up in Spokane, but in Clark County, Washington, you can literally register to vote up until 3 o'clock p.m. on Election Day. I mean, that's just asinine, right? So you can go in, register to vote, vote right there. And and I was asking, what's up with that? Like, don't you think we want voters that are actually, that put some emphasis on the importance of voting, not just roll out of bed in pajamas and go register to vote on election day? And so I was asking him about that. And he basically was saying, we do that so it's accessible to everybody, right? This mm-hmm. whole 
Oh, we want to make sure we're accessible. And then also they count ballots that come in on election day until like midnight. Right. So we're really when the rest of the country and largely the country is they know who won that night. No, in Washington and Oregon, a lot of times it takes two freaking weeks for everything to be counted. And that's funny business to me. But yet you can have a state like Georgia who gets it done in an eight hour period. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they have their, their own issues, but, <laughs> but yeah. So there, I mean that there not, are many not, not states Georgia. that I'm at Florida. That I'm at Florida. Okay. I was going to say, well, that, <laughs> Georgia is not the best example. But, yeah. yeah. But Florida, great example. Right. So yeah. I mean, it's possible and that's how it should be done. And you know what he said? Oh, Oh, that was something else. He told me my, um, my election observers, they do not want to work overnight. And I was like, I don't give a shit who wants to work overnight. And then he's like, you, you would, uh, I didn't say, I didn't curse, but he basically was like, yeah, their accuracy goes down when it's an overnight shift. And I, I just, I, I get sick all the excuses. Yeah. Who holds the auditors accountable? Now that is an elected, well, that is an elected position yes. um, that goes in, but who oversees in all honesty, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the Secretary of State is who watches over them. But who actually yeah. watches over them, the oversight right. of these, uh, you know, people who are supposed to be responsible for our county elections? Right. I mean, it, it really is the people. And, and the frustrating thing, like this person in particular, this was the first time this last election was the first time somebody actually challenged him and ran against him in 22 years. And. And, and that's just so wrong. You don't want someone to just be able to sit in that role and basically fly under the radar and not make any changes towards the positive. Um, yeah, there's a very little accountability there. And I know when people in the Southwest Washington area, they raised collectively enough money to be able to audit the 2020 election, presidential election, and they were rejected uh, that whole possibility was rejected by and it would have only been clark county but it was rejected by the county auditor currently they have the ability to reject it even if the funds are there it's crazy mm-hmm. have you it ever really thought of running? you know i i have and i've asked um i've been asked to run you know it really comes down to my family my family has asked even just like my parents like we don't want they're going to dig into every little aspect of everybody's life your kids like Basically, my family appreciates privacy, and they've asked me not to run at this time. <laughs> so yeah, no, I get, I that. get it. I have to respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is not for every family, for sure. Um, right. and not that you have stuff to hide, you know, skeletons in the closet, but it does right. bring up to the interpretation of something that might have happened. And you know how easy exactly. you know how easy this media loves to flip things around on people of well that isn't exactly how it happened but yet they're going to make that narrative look like that's exactly how that happened. Right, exactly. It, yeah, for me it's more or less, you know, cuz for instance, my my sister married um a senator's son and he knows how it was to have a long like his basically his name. Oh, you're oh, that's your last name. Oh, we know who your family is. And, and when you have a, a parent who's in a position of power, you are either hated by some because their parents are Democrats, right? So then the kids are going to treat you like trash or it's just, it just opens up a whole can of worms. And I just really don't want that for my, my kids. 
Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be closed off forever. Just, just in the current situation we're in. Correct. And, and you can definitely use your voice in other aspects as well. Um, you know, we, people need to understand your voice is a weapon. You need to use it. And right, more exactly. people will get behind that theory, asking questions, being loud in what you believe. And I, I believe a lot of people you had said earlier, why don't people get engaged? Cause they don't want to mm-hmm. be labeled. They right, don't want to have right. that against them of, oh, that's one of those crazy conservatives. You know, I got no problem right. sticking my head out there and barking, but a yeah. lot of people just don't, they don't want that. They want to go, they want to go to work. They want to come home. They want to kiss their wife or husband. They want to play with their kids, mm-hmm. have dinner and then go to bed and then do yeah. it all over again. That's, it, that's an easy life. That's what they want. Yeah. They don't want the conflict or the, or the restriction of having that label behind them. Right, right. And, you know, I don't have much respect for people like that anymore. So, you know, that that's all good and fine 10 years ago. It's not it's not OK today. And so people that do that, they are it. the problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, you know what? I always tell people, especially about local elections, because I witnessed this firsthand, you know, running that election, but or the campaign, excuse me. I said, you know, either you need to volunteer your time. If you have a complaint, volunteer your time, work with a local candidate that you want to get behind. If you don't have the time, donate money so someone else can do it. If you don't have the money, shut your mouth, right? If you're not going to do either, you're not going to show up or you're not going to put out, shut your mouth. And, um, and, and a lot of people, they appreciate that. Some people, you know, it's a hard swallow and, uh, but it's true. It's true. I'm so sick of the people that just complain and bitch and bitch and bitch and don't do anything about it. Correct. Correct. Nothing gets accomplished. And that's Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't even care what the left is. I'm talking about Republicans that yeah. just complain. And, oh, I don't even vote. I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter. To your point earlier. I also, when I was door knocking, handing out flyers for my candidate, um, which is not my favorite part of it, but it sure humbled me. I'll tell you that. But I did that for six months. I had so many conservative Christians, which I am, I'm a conservative Christian, but, but I had so many that would say, I don't vote. God has this handled. And I think to myself, and it just, man, I had to bite my tongue. Does God wipe your ass when you go to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's so he gave you a mind. He gave you a body. He gave you a soul to be active. He was the biggest disruptor known to man. And you're going to sit there and wait for him to wipe your ass. Is that really is that really what you're telling me? Well, I had a lot of that, and it just lights me up. I don't know what the passage is. I'm I'm horrible with with the passages of the Bible, but there he is not going to just take care of everything for you. He's going to give no. you the tools to use to glorify him. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. you still need to vote. Yeah, exactly. And when you disengage like that, like that's. I don't know about you. I've really had to realign who I spend time with. I'm not, I'm not uh, political with everybody, but I do pick and choose who I spend time with. And I find it exhausting to be around people who aren't activated. Even if they, they vote conservative, they vote Republican. That's wonderful. But if they're not doing something about it yet, they like to complain to me. I just can't spend too much time with that person. Yeah. Correct. And, uh, correct. It, yeah, it's been a it's just a realignment of of really where, where's your time spent? Where is it? Uh, who do you hang out with? Don't ditch all your friends that don't politically align with you, but make new friends that do. 
and and hold them close, right? So it's it's been a whole uh, couple years of learning. One of the other things I I love about your page or your your content is how you you make videos and make awareness of the importance of men. Does that come mm. from your father being a strong father? Does that come from your husband being a strong husband? Or does it, is that just where you see our society, we need more strong men to lead us? Yeah, I would say all of the above. But where I really had this awakening was, um, and I, I talk about this when I go out and do speaking engagements. In 2020, I was a bank leader for 20 years. And all I cared about was becoming a bank executive and money, 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 title, all that, right? And in 2020, I was working from home due to COVID and the riots started. And I saw my husband dealing with all that. And I started reflecting. I wanted to protect him. And this, you know, I say this because we had, our, our marriage was the largely a pissing contest. And right, we have young kids who's who hasn't slept enough, who's cleaned more than the other person, who makes more money. It, it was a lot of that. Just being honest, we were both worn down and in the grind, right? And when the riots happened, and I started seeing what he was was dealing with and not being treated right by the public, by the media, by leadership in the police department, all of that, I wanted to protect him. And so I've been on this personal journey over the past three and a half years where I am treating him differently and in a good way. I'm, I'm making sure to respect the fact that he is the leader of the family and really my role is more to be the nurturer. And, and I, some women will, will take issue with that. But in the past, I was really, I feel like I was competing. I didn't realize it, but I was competing to wear the pants. And when I, it wasn't working. A bottom line, I was working against my innate nature, which is to be the nurturer and, and, and providing in a different sense. And so I've, I've been on this, this walk where I'm like, I want him to lead and him to be the man of the house. And I want to be the one who nurtures, who, who I'm taking care of the house. I'm feeding, I'm, I'm educating my children. I'm a homeschool mom now. And, and so it's been this, this walk where I've been a lot more respectful of him and I've done my research into what it takes for a man to truly feel respected and encouraged and supported. And everything fell into place once, once I started doing that. And our marriage has, has never been better. And so I, uh, I just feel like so many women are working against the, their nature to try to be this equal, right? And I'm not saying don't take away our voting rights or anything crazy like that. I'm just saying don't try to be a man. We're, we're wired differently. And um, we just need to be aware of that. Everything that you just said is what I promote. But the That's hate awesome. that I get back, like I hate women. I don't hate women. Mm. I love women. Yeah. I want right. I want that more traditional role of you don't need to right. have, like let's just take your husband. Your husband's out fighting the world. He does not mm-hmm. need to come home and fight his spouse. Exactly. Does, it's, it's not a battle. Your home should be a safe place for him to take off that suit and then come home and 
be loved and love as, right, as he's right. getting loved. But a lot of people just don't see it like that. And it blows right. my mind. Why, why, why do we have to fight with each other when we come home? Well, it's right. about equality and all that. It's not. Men and no. women are not equal in that. No. And I feel like this was intentional. It was by design, right? So, and I, I think it's, we've come so far as women, but we, the pendulum has swung too far. And we, we literally need to, oh, I can't, it, it's actually like an emotional topic because I think about, we've been married almost, gosh, 17 years now. Congratulations. Thank you. And I, like I said, I mean, a lot of it was tumultuous because I would look at the areas where he really frustrated me. Right. And we still have our moments. Everyone's going to, Mm -hmm. but I would heavily focus on that and, and stay fixated on what I didn't like about him, like certain things. And, and, and he did that with me as well, I'm sure. But he did, he, when he would come home from work before, like when I was working full time and I was just, you know, just doing the grind, right? That so many people are doing right now. Um, he would come home, for, to your point, from a really chaotic, hectic environment, and he would walk right into another chaotic, hectic environment. And that is a big switch that I've made here. I now, and I don't know if you saw this video that I put together, but I now talk about how I'm mindful of if I know he's going to be home in 20 minutes, I'm straightening up the house because I don't want him to walk in the door and have it look like a bomb went off. I want him, he just came from the streets. He just came from being around domestic violence situations. Just, you know, right, people that are really down and out. And he wants to come home and get away from that. And so I want him to walk in and have a serene environment that he wants to stay in. And that's his reprieve. And so I've, I've created that. Having dinner ready. Like, these are things he's not telling me that that's his expectation. Because that wouldn't really go over well with me. But I'm doing it because I genuinely want to do that for him. He loves and it. It's Trust more, me. <laughs> oh, he does. He does. Like, yeah, he's a little too much, I think. <laughs> but no, no, it's it's been great. And so, and he's treating me because I'm more respectful of him. I know he wants to go to the gym three, four, five days a week. I know it's good for mental health and for his body, right? I used to give him slack about going to the gym. I don't do that anymore. And it's one of those things where I now recognize that's something he needs. It's not because he doesn't want to be around his family. It's because he needs that for himself. That is where he lets go and burns off all this energy, right? And so I think if, if we could just all take a step back and realize uh, realize that we, we can't fight our inherent nature. And in, in turn, he's been... So I feel like my armor, I've been able to take my armor off. I used to feel like I had to be really tense and on point all the time because we're on guard all the time because we're always at each other. Now I can actually, I feel feminine, right? I feel like, ah, I can, I can just be happy and easygoing and I don't have to put my armor on and because we're battling over whatever BS came up that day. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's been a walk and we have our days still, but it's massive improvement. I, I could have another hour long minimum conversation about, about this. So I'll, I Love definitely it. want to have you come back on and so we can hammer this down. Uh, and I know you've got a dinner to go to, but we will definitely have to catch up later on another time. Uh, thank you again for coming on. You can find KSOC, Kristen, on Linktree backslash KSOK. Uh, TikTok is KSOC Uncensored. 
Insta is KSOK, K-S-O-K, dot lower 48. Uh, we had a great show. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, we will have to have you on again. So thank you very much. Do please go check out that that link for Alien Gear. It is uh, will be first in my link tree as well. So if you can't find it, can't find that website, go to my link tree. Just click onto it. Promo code will be right there. Lambo Jan 24. Like I said, every month that promo code will change. That way they can measure everything accurately of, of sales and all that stuff. So that's why that promo code will, will constantly change for what month it is. It will always be Lambo something. So just make sure you, uh, you stay tuned to the show as well as the Facebook page, extra Lambo Facebook page, as well as the link tree, that promo code will be on all of that. So thank you again for coming on. Please do check out that, that website. So this has been a little extra Lambo. You can find me on my link tree as always. At, email me at extralambo at gmail.com. So far, so good on the new TikTok account. Account number 61. I believe I'm Foxtrot Prime if you want to check me out. It's been a great show. Thank you again, Kristen, for coming on. I am Lambo. Be cool.